Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to another episode of Four Times in a Podcast. You join us on Thursday the 22nd of December. It's a little under 24 hours since Celtic were victorious at home against Livingston. They won the game 2-1. All the goals coming in the first half. It was an own goal that was that gave Celtic the lead. It was a cross in by Abada that was deflected in by Obelai. And then this was followed by a goal by our number 8, Kyogo, who put in from a similar position to the first goal actually. And then just on the stroke of half time Levy pulled one back and what was an entertaining first half there was a few contentious moments the second half one in particular when Leila Bada's goal was disallowed for an offside that took the linesman the referee about five six minutes to sort out but we'll just get into it Andy I'll come to you first you were there last night what was your thoughts on being back at Celtic Park for the first time in 39 days I think it was I think that's how long it had been since the Ross County game what, what was it like to be back in paradise and what did you make of the performance uh, it was good to get back to the club football I enjoyed the World Cup but obviously missed missed Celtic and missed the domestic games but enjoyed it for what it was but good to get back finally and start off and at home well back to winning ways at home my thought in the first half it was we, we, played, we played pretty well played much better in the first half than I thought we did in the second barring that we sort of moment um, after we after we scored the second and they make it 2-1 with the boy Devlin but I thought we played pretty well in the first half created a lot of chances but it was a final third that was letting us down don't know how many balls were in the box particularly coming across the front post and there was nobody there and I know Kyoko gets his goal for that but honestly lost count of how many that happened to where there was nobody uh, I know we've, we've spoken about it after and it's been mentioned in the press that there seemed to be a lack of one of the midfield three coming in are coming in late or just offering another option into the box so it's maybe maybe a few factors which which have come into that or are you playing a different role to the dynamic of the team change with obviously McGregor coming back and lack of sort of 
domestic and, and competitive games. Uh, maybe one of these things have played a factor, but I think the thing is we're, we were creating chances of some sort. As I say, it was just the final third. I thought we were we were letting ourselves down. I thought Abada had to beat him. Uh, I think it was number 11, Montano. I think Abada had to beat him every time. Boy just didn't want anything to do with him. Um, broke him down a few times. I think Abada, to be honest, was on the, the receiving end of four or five heavy challenges. I thought that was just a sign of how well he was playing. But on the other side, I thought Yota was poor. Maybe being a bit harsh saying poor, but I don't think he was great. He had, again, he was getting the beating of somebody and then the ball in, wasn't he? Wasn't he great? He didn't really create any massive opportunities for himself. So, could have improved there. But I second half was really sluggish. Or, I mean, you know what you're going to get with Livingston. They'll try and stifle you, make it just stink your play suit, try and nick something. Even at 2-0, they were never going to change how they were playing. They knew a goal would get them back in it. That's essentially what it done. It probably came a lot quicker than MD assumed it would. But I, it was just to sort of hang in there as long as possible and, and try and nick something. And they were, I wasn't in fear at any point, I would say. I, I, I don't really have that one. Under Ange, which is something that says a lot about the team, I didn't fear that there was going to be any massive claps. I mean, I did fancy to score again, which we will come on. Obviously, it's a big talking point about how probably how long the ref took to chop our goal off and anything else. But I, it was it was a strange centre half. I think we were we were pretty poor in the second half, if I'm being brutally honest about it. But we've seen it out, which is the most important thing. But I reckon a big factor here is is just. It's our second competitive game back. Obviously, we went up to Pataudry, played Aberdeen, get a 1-0 win, just back in. And I think a lot of people, me included, were probably thinking, right, come in and hit the ground running, particularly to get one of the first home game back and hopefully dish you a bit of a doing. But it's just going to be hard push to do that against Livingston at any time, just the way they set out to play the game. And it's, it's just one of these things. But gutted to see Ralston get doing as well, just fair point of view that I thought he was he was playing fairly well when we took a couple of knocks. Then he took a sore one in the face and it just it just seemed as if nothing could go right right for him in terms of injuries. But I thought Taylor done well when he, he moved across. Hopefully Ralston's not out for a long term because obviously Juranovic is still on arrest. The boy Johnston can't, is only going to come in after the 1st of January and he wouldn't like to think anybody's going to come in their first game at a brand new team and a, and a brand new way of playing is going to be at Ibrooks, but hopefully Ralston's all right. And then I, I think the boys that came on, Haksibanovic was trying to make things happen. Don't think Tumble had the best of games, as I've mentioned to use, and Jackamakis was really too late to make any sort of impact. I would say I think he only had eight minutes, but I dare say we'll come on to him and what's happened on Twitter and things later on. But most important thing, Darren, is, is the three points in the bag, which which I think was everybody would agree with that. And we move owners, the games are coming thick and fast now with St Johnston, Hibs, and then Rangers, sort of right after the new year. So the games are going to come thick and fast before we eventually go into a double header against Kelly with the League and the League Cup. So glad to be back, glad to get the points on the board, and hopefully the team performances sort of come together a bit more and we look a bit more free flow. And I think it's just the final third of we've let ourselves down a wee bit. And then again, the new boys will come in and hopefully um, one or two new signings as well in the turn of the year. The year will, will really make us click into gear. I hopefully, as you say, it's, I think Pataudry and last night, it was all about getting the maximum points that we could and we've done that. Like, as you say, it wasn't the, like, it's not a classic performance. You're not going to watch it back many times, I don't think, but it was a victory nonetheless like we the first half I thought we were always in control of course but it was it was I know Ange went on about it in his post-match press conference it was ah, for me I thought it was ridiculous the amount of balls that were getting floated across or drilled across the levy six yard box and we didn't have anybody really attacking it and I know some people will put that all down a centre forward so Kyogo but I think we're just really missing like that sort of 
driving midfielder who bursts into the box, who can sort of get a hand in that sort of aspect. But I thought we played well enough. We had a few decent spells of play, went 2-0 up and you, you think, aye, it should be a pretty easy enough second half. But then we almost conceded from kickoff, which I'll not lie, I've not watched the highlights, I've not seen it back, but it did see me go in slow motion when uh, Livy were putting that in. So obviously makes it a bit tighter because you'd only get that one goal lead but I just thought it was one of the games like I think one of you mentioned it on the pod the other day like against Levy you very rarely get pure demolitions or good games of football like it's we obviously drew that nature from them last season at home as well it's they're always sort of tight games where they're just set up to defend and it's like they're bad I go like I know we'll come on it in a minute but it was it, I thought it was definitely deserved if it had if I had a stood like I think a play really would have dominate and I, I wasn't overly worried with Livy because they didn't really get near a box too much to have us worried and Celtic just kept going for the, the third goal and like, I think there was times in injury time when a few fans hearts were in their mouth when I think Starfelt was cruising into their half in the 94th minute or something and then lost it and you're obviously always worried that you might get caught in the counter but I think just the way this team plays them they're, they're Literally never going to stop going for that goal to kill off the game. But I, I thought Abada was the one that came in. I think everyone of us pretty much said that we thought he would come in. I thought he was brilliant in the first half. I thought he's took his opportunity very well when he came off the bench at Pataudry. I thought he was the best player in the second half for Celtic. And last night again, I know he got the sponsors money match. I thought he was really good. And I think he's played himself in a starting position going forward from Saturday as well. Obviously, as you mentioned, the Ralston one's a bit of yeah, an issue because uh, Juranovic is still in Croatia at the moment. I know on Tuesday Ange says that he's no due back till early next week, I think. So I think he'd be looking at Easter Road at the very, very earliest. And even then that might come too soon. And I know that's even before you consider whether he'll, he'll be sold on the stroke of midnight on Hogmanay, as some people seem to think. But Danny, what did you make it? As I said, games against Livia very rarely pretty and... As Andy said, it was sort of last night was just about getting in our three points. Aye, it was all about the three points last night. I think when we come back for the World Cup and I looked at the four games before Rangers, if you just take 12 points for there, we'll put ourselves in a good position. So we've got a six. We've got another six to come, hopefully. I thought the first half, they were really good. I thought they played with a good tempo. And they, the thing about the crosses, going to box today, that next week anyway. But I thought they were really good in the first half. They were quite sharp. And you kind of got the sense that they got the early goal, they would get another couple and then... We should have been a two dot in front. I thought I thought the first goal was a really good move. The second goal was a great finish by Kyogo. I gave away a stupid goal and then you go into two van and it was kind of flat in the second half. And I think it was flat because of that Livingston goal. And, you know, you think the whole thing about Abada, was he onside, was he offside? He's clearly offside when the ball is played, but when the defender tries to heat it away and he does it straight to Abada, I think it renders him onside and he scores. But apparently the defender, it wasn't deliberate. So who obviously didn't mean to the ball, but it was a deliberate action to heat the ball. But obviously didn't mean to give Abada, but who knows, these rules get made up. You always get the mythical explanation the next day for these people. But didn't he? Wasn't he too worried? I just thought it was very, the second half was quite flat. And we could have been a wee bit better going forward in the second half. There was a wee bit lack of urgency, maybe because there were two one up. But I don't think the subs had the desired effect. I thought Burnaby looked good when he came on after an initial kind of getting used to the pace of the game. I thought he finished the game really strongly. I thought Taylor had a really good stint at right back. I mean it's hard enough being the best left back at the club, but he might just be the best right back. Or maybe I'm just a bit biased. But I thought they were all right, darling. And it was Livingston it's not I never looked forward to playing Livingston because you know the I know I predicted a six nothing or something, but you very rarely do take the goals afterwards. 
we know how to defend and they operated our strengths and well we're for winners and we'll take the three points and now you move on to Saturday, St Johnston at home and just another tick box, hopefully get another three points and then Easter Road, which will be the biggest test before Ibrooks made out. Aye, definitely, as you said, the four games before Ibrooks it was just pretty imperative that we did keep up the winning run we've been on. We've obviously only had that St Marin game all season in the league that we've dropped any points, so anyone sort of will do this I know December's usually a hectic month for us and I know we've booked in and played the first few weeks because of the World Cup but it's going to end hectically as well but Tony what did you make of last night's game I know Danny's mentioned it there was obviously that sort of controversial call about Abada's goal but what did you make of the game in general I thought I thought first half it were good could have scored a lot better goals but again the finishing wasn't there and usually we get the end of the crosses and it took a while before we did the first person to get the end of one was the own goal we scored so I was just glad to get the win it's a cold night in the middle of December the games are just kind of tick boxes especially after what happened on Tuesday night I think Mace thought we were going to go further ahead and, and we just scored two goals in the last two minutes of the game so there was a bit of pressure on us but I thought we responded well even at 2-1 they created absolutely nothing which is a kind of similar theme for, for teams in Scotland so still nine points clear and I think the goal difference is 17 so it's a massive bonus for us and I just need one one in Christmas Eve and then hopefully get the one at Easter Road and then you would go to Ibrox relatively pressure free with all the pressure on them because they would need to beat you just to, to cut it so yeah it's still a bit of football to be played before we get there but overall Happy with the result, but I think Anne said the performance wasn't where it needed to be and they will make changes. So I could see probably made a start of the weekend and maybe a slight change in midfield as well. I am sure. Well, come on, it's an interesting game in a bit. But Andy, I'll bring you on. There's been a lot of talk about the Abada goal. What was your thoughts on it? And I, I don't know about you and other fans but for me the problem wasn't even necessarily the fact that the goal got disallowed but it was the fact that you've got three or four officials in a wee office who can't decide whether it was offside or not and then they had to get the ref involved and obviously I think it genuinely did take about five, six minutes for them to get to that conclusion and it's just, I don't know about you but since the ARs came in like we've obviously won every game so some people claim we can't moan but it's just been ridiculous in every single game and this was like this tool of VAR from the SFA they actually brought it forward to bring it in they were that confident that it was it was ready to go and it's just what's your thoughts on it in general? Ah uh, yes as you've already said, that's that would be my point as well. It's not necessarily the decision that I'm I'm massively bored, but obviously you want decisions to be right and all the rest of it. But the big the big thing is that the length of time it takes for officials in this country to make a decision is nothing short of a fucking disgrace. It is so incompetent in every level of the game. I mean, even obviously I know they used a slightly different system for offsides and World Cup and again this decision was slightly different, which will come on to but in terms of the speed of decisions, when you looked at like the World Cup for offsides, it, it, it was rapid. When then you look at the, the game here, even the World Cup, I'll use it just as a good point of reference because I would say most people probably haven't watched the last couple of weeks, but they then started incorporating because of to try and try and nullify the time lost during game for things like decisions being made on far and subs and all the rest. They then add in massive chunks of time on at the end of games and you're going to end up in that weird position because, listen, nobody wants to fucking get extra time and you've got enough 12 minutes to come on to games but that's the stage we're getting it when refs are taking four and five minutes to judge an offside call where there's three supposedly trained officials sitting in a room watching it live, watching it back, watching it back again, discussing it, watching it back again. How many times do you need to see it when 
yous are supposed to be the experts on the rules of the game. And then because none of them have got the ball to turn around and say, right, I'll make a decision on this, they then ask the ref to come out. If they had that much discussion to be had, then they should have said to the ref, right, go right away, cut out that whole right, fucking period in between. That That's the most mental part of all this. If they can't make no, that how, decision, no, why not just put it in the screen come, the ref right away? No, but how come they don't take six minutes when Hitati hits a shot at goal and the Rivies to play leads into it and it hits his horn? No, I'm not saying that. Or when uh, Michael Smith tries to catch a ball at Tinker, so these don't take five, ten minutes, these take 30 seconds. That's the thing, and sometimes I don't even really think they check. At times, it's it's bizarre, to be honest, Danny, and again, I can't be bored getting dragged into the old argument that against is not the rest of it. I just think they're incompetent in every single level. And I think it shows when you see decisions like that and how long decisions like that take. It's almost as if they, they're they stuck in, oh, I don't know. Like, it's and, and things they miss during games and, and all the rest of it. Like, this was brought in, as Dan said, to bring it forward because they were so confident they could get this right and get it to work. And some people have always been sceptically and you're in two minds whether you go off. But if it's getting decisions right, then it's worth the time that it's taking. But it's not getting decisions right because how many have we seen that's fucking making an arse here? And again, it's not just here. Because like, I think I've seen the thing the day about um, it was like, oh, the six biggest decisions Val's got wrong in the Premier League or some shit article I was reading earlier on the day. But it seems to be that up here, it's every single fucking game you're watching somebody's made an arse here, or they've took 20 minutes to look at VAR screens and decide oh none of, none of us three have got a fucking close old ref you better go and do it after sitting deliberating for X amount of time and it, it kills everything it's, and the worst thing is see sitting as a fan at the game and you've not got a fucking clue what's going on it's no other sport in the world works like that even the screen at Park he didn't even come up to say VAR review until the ref has went out of the wee screen so what the fuck was it what was happening before Show it again, day something, so that the people who actually pay money to go and watch it understand what the fuck's going on. It's it's all just so disjointed, and I'm, I'm getting to the point now where I'm like, maybe they should just take it out until such times as they can get it on a level. Like, like if you look at any other sport in the world, fucking basketball, any, anything, they're so efficient with it, because it's transparent, it's completely transparent to the people who watch it. If you're in the fucking stadium, the arena, whatever, you know what's going on, you see it again what the refs are talking about actually happens. So there's no time for refs to sit and make an arse and deliberate and get back and forth and have three, four, five, six officials sitting making a, making a call on it. That, it's, it's just straight in the middle. And I'm getting to the point of our where maybe you should just take it out because it's no making decisions and cutting out mistakes. It's just, it's, if anything, it's amplifying them because you're seeing them. They, you're like, this cunt's seen this three, four, five times and he's still got it now. So... What's the fucking point? There's no, there's no point in it. Um, in the Abada one, specifically, and in, in what I thought is, it's an odd one because, again, I think the offside rules are a bit yeah, a weird one and because it, it comes down to, obviously, if Abada's interfering with play first of all and then second of all, if the defenders, it, it, I mean, is he, is he made a pass or is he trying to make an interception? And there's all these sort of peculiar rules and, I mean... <laughs> The ref then, that's why they've brought him out because none of the officials in the VAR room wanted to make a call on what that happened. They didn't want that to fall on them if there was backlash against it. So they've put the ref into there. It's, I don't know. Um, I, I really don't know where you go with that. But I mean, that decision itself, I've seen it stand. So from my interpretation of the rule around in football, it should probably have stood. 
Um, as just, we were talking about in the chat earlier, Danny, there's been Mbappe that's done it. There's been a f- good few um, that have been referenced. I'm sure everybody's seen them all floating about in social media since the game about how that is that is the way the rules interpreted at the minute. And now these rules change all the time, as we've seen with handballs. Um, I mean, I don't think fucking anybody knows a handball rule at the minute. They just make it up as they go along. But it, it, it did... St- that it, ha- it has stood across football recently, so I think it probably should have gone after that in a similar vein with the handballs that have happened recently because of the way it happens in football currently as the rule stands. I think they should have stand, but do I think that rule should be changed? Just similar to the Abada one, that he's, he's in an offside position when it's happened, so he probably should be offside. I think it needs to be a bit more blank white um, to prevent situations like this because it just kills the game and it. it as a fan sitting at the game, it's fucking dire, especially when you don't know what's actually going on. No, definitely. And as you say, Andy, as you went on about the handball rule there, as far as I'm aware, it's, it's the handball of the players well in green and white hoops, but otherwise then it's not. But uh, Danny, I'll come up, we'll move on from that. We'll move on to the other talking point that's been lighting up the Celtic world today as uh, Georgius Giacomakis posted an Instagram story uh, where he had a picture of him from last night and the wee hourglass emoji and no words on it so people are sort of reading into it what they want to read into it there's obviously been a few rumours lately that uh, contract talks have failed and that he might be on the way out uh, what's your thoughts on the situation and do you think that that story is maybe leading you to think that uh, something might be in the offing about him leaving um, he's a big Jesse and he should probably leave if that's got to be his attitude. No idea where his attitude's coming from. Um, and, you know, we're talking about a guy that's a very, very good footballer. It's very effective for Celtic. He scored a lot of goals for us in the short, limited time that he's been here. He's 18 months into a five-year deal. I get why we're offering him a new contract on better terms and stuff and maybe we're loving his generous as he would have liked and he's stalled and he wants to move that's fair enough if he wants to move to a big club a bigger league that's that's fair enough but the way I mean it's a, you'd have thought Larson had put a transfer request in you'd, you would have thought that it was Kyogo getting the nod or Jimmy McGrory the way some of the fans have been going on recently um, Kyogo's with a goal scorer last time I looked they, they scored the winner last night last time I checked um, you get absolutely no idea <laughs> there's this this thing about the two of them, I mean, we could probably improve on both strikers that we've got, if I've been honest. But it's no, we're no losing. We've lost one game this season in the league. We've no, apart from the Champions League, where we were, create, we're creating chances, no scoring. We don't lose games because we suffer for a lack of goals. It's not as if, like, we're just ignoring Jack and Marcus. He plays most weeks. Um, he plays every week. I usually gets like half an hour, but he only got about eight minutes last night. So fifteen if you count stoppage time. But you've got folk on Twitter saying, "Oh, you know, if he wants to leave, you couldn't really blame him." And you know, he, he you know, the manager's picking his favourites. Who are him? No, the manager's picking his top goal scorer who scored something like fifteen goals in twenty games or something like that. Um, so. It's been weirdly blown out of proportion, and, and I've got no doubt that Jackie Marcus is watching this. He's probably reading wee guys' messages to him on Instagram, and he's probably thinking that he can either force a move or force his way into the team on social media. I think Tony got it right when he tweeted earlier. It's completely ill-advised, and you know it's a stupid, stupid thing to do with it. I mean, they might come and say, "Oh no, I was just I mean it's time to go or whatever." It's you know I can't wait to get on the park and score or whatever. I don't know, but it's just. 
Like these cryptic things, it's never really the way you go about it. I mean, compare and contrast to the abuse that Juranovic was getting during the World Cup because Fabrizio Romano tweeted that people want to sign him and that he's expected Celtic to try to move him on. And, <coughs> you know, you'd make it as if, like, Juranovic had signed for Rangers the way some of the comments were going. So I really don't get our support, especially our online support at times. Um, and it's, I mean, it's people who are just, I'm not going to name him, I'm not in particular, but he was getting on my back this morning. Um, I kept seeing his tweets posted everywhere about Jackie Marcus, but it was like a highlight vintage of his goals. <laughs> it's like, he's missed two games since coming back. He's hardly like been transfer listed and, you know, and you say that he sells players, but to play, they'll play. And he's, you know, rejected, by all accounts, he's rejected a contract offer. Which is completely his right today, but at the same point, Celtic are in Celtic have got all the power here. He's eighteen months into a four four year deal. I think there's an option, Celtic's option for another year. Um, he's the one that's getting older. Celtic can hold on to him. Um, Celtic will make a profit on him, whether they sell him this year or next year. Um, so maybe Jack Matt should just concentrate on a getting his sell back on the park and putting the ball in the net because and he had a very good October for us. And I know he scored the Champions League, but um, yeah, to see him actually go on a run of forum this year, and I know it's probably my fault because I've backed him to be top goal scorer, but he's currently letting down a very good treble I've got on. So if he's looking for sympathy off me, um, he's he's going to be waiting for a while. Aye, I'm with you. I'm just sort of... I'm tired of it already, and like, it does seem like there is a lot of truth in the rumours, and if that's the case, it's sad because obviously he's only joined last year, and I just don't understand if he's that unhappy with the contract he signed, then why was there nothing? Why did he not build it into it that if he hit a certain amount of goals, that it would just automatically give him a certain percentage of a wage increase or that? And Celtic are not really in a position. I know like the bank balance is always good, but like that we're not in a position to be held to ransom with players, and especially a twenty-eight-year-old striker who missed half the season last season through injury and. As I say, he's only tw- just or twelve months in the door, and it's it's one. At least, as I say, he's twenty eight. It's like if you, how much can you really justify gaining him a big four and a new four five year deal, especially when, as you say, we've already got him on that sort of length of contract with an option as well. And as you say, it's Kyogo and the the joint top scorer in the league as well. And as you say, scored the winner and. It's just like it's. I think it's just a mere an element to the Twitter support layer. It's just there, there seems to be you have to like one and you can't like the other, and you can't just like both. Because I'm see, I love Kyogo and I love Jackie Marcus as well. I wish he would, uh, he does die, but I, I probably agree with what Danny says, where he, he probably could upgrade on both, and we probably do need to if you are going to uh, sort of progress in Europe, especially. But. I just, I think it stinks and, like, hopefully it's sorted either way because I think we've seen last season eh, with Ange, eh, with boys like Ben Doak and that, who possibly made it clear that they didn't want to commit their long-term future to Celtic. I think a player like Jack Amakis will probably be no different to that. I think Ange is, is what you see is what you get. If he's telling you that if you don't want to be here, then you're not going to be as much a part of the first team as you would maybe want. And 
pink thing that's been overlooked is on Jackie Marcus came on last night. It was terrible. His his first touch was like abysmal, and like he was brought on to see out the game, maybe get another goal. But he was, I thought he was really poor, and I know it's a short period of time to judge him on, but he's he came off the bench and didn't make an impact. So if Kyogo starts again on Saturday, then that that's because Kyogo's there and he's scoring and he's getting on the end of things, and Jackie Marcus just is there and. Hopefully we can, as I say, sort it either way. But uh, Tony, I'll just I'll bring you in on it just to wrap up on this sort of Jack and Marcus thing. Uh, as Danny said, you says it's ill advised. Or anything else you want to add about it? I basically made a sarcastic comment saying that cryptic tweets is a well-known method of solving problems, which means would the body gain to this apart from the fans in disarray? Uh, know that it takes once to put our online fans in total disarray, fucking compilation videos of all his goals and just total shite. I mean, I, I like Jackie Marcus a lot. Big fan of him. I think he's been really important under Ange. He's come up with some fantastic goals, even with limited game time. I think he's done great. I hope we keep him. I hope the issue can be resolved. But if he moves on, then fine. Is, is this kind of case again where... There's a big drama whenever Celtic are, are thinking of moving on a player. You've seen a lot of stuff about Juranovic as well, even last month, or Alston's better than him just because he wants to, to leave. People are allowed to leave. I think we need to accept that there's other clubs out there where players can go to and probably achieve ambitions that, that we carry for them, and that's fine. It's due to the standard of the league we play in. We can't change that. Um, but... I'm not a fan of it at all. It's a wee timer. It's as if, why is the manager taking so long to, to bring me on? I think it's it, it doesn't benefit anybody. It just causes issues. Um, there's no need for that. It's, it's really daft. I mean, no doubt somebody will come out and defend it or maybe the player will be told to, to take it down or whatever. But it, look, it looks quite clear, I think, that it's about the, the game time he's got. So, I mean, we're only two games back. I mean, I, I would be pretty sure if he didn't put that up, he would probably be in, a, in contention to start against St. Johnson. We're going to need a squad. It's again, it's, it's three games in the space of kind of a, a short period of time. So, um, ah, it's, 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 I mean, we're nine clear. We don't need any negativity. We're in a really good position. But um, I think, I think we'll be looking at a striker either way. Um, I did say the last pod I'd give them both another shot at the Champions League, but um, if we can upgrade on them, then absolutely. I think the thing is, we've had such a high quality of striker over the years. I mean, even recently, we said in Delhi, tremendous Odson Edward. I loved I, th- I thought he was such a, a talented player, and on his day, he was just an absolute pleasure to watch. Um, even, <laughs> I don't know, I Daft, even Griffiths on his day. Um, was an excellent finisher, so I, I feel Kyogo just he seems to miss a hell of a lot of chances, and I just hope that can improve. But I, I, I mean, yesterday he went through again and just had to write after keeper. I mean, don't know if he's maybe lost a bit of pace or whatever. I mean, or, or just a bit of instinct just to dink it over and, and things like that. But um, I don't want to say Jack and Marcus was terrible, he didn't get. A lot of game time. I, I didn't really notice anybody's performance yesterday. I think they were really good or really bad. I just thought it was it was very similar to the D United game, but we conceded late on, but still get the win. It was just really it's a tough game against a team that they set up well. But I think we knew that that Martin Dale would do that, and we don't often bat, batter Livingston, and this was another game where we kind of failed to do so. But 
the three points were the main thing. But if look, if Jackie Marcus wants to leave and we get a good offer in for him, then he should go. Um, if we can meet his terms and he wants to say good, stop posting garbage on social media and become a team player, it's no all about you. Um, and I, I'm sure I'm sure Juranovic will leave and again nail will towards him if he does he's going to make us a massive profit hopefully it's reinvested and the players hands once and he, he played a, a massive role in this one in the, the double last year so yeah, there could be a lot of hysteria online um, and it's just shite and it's just well, let's just kind of wait and see let's know just have a go at Kyogo because Giacomakis has thrown his toys at the pram there seems to be a bad Kyogo v Giacomakis War that's debated weekly and two completely different players and two assets that want to do well for Celtic and have done well for Celtic. So I feel as I'm kind of repeating myself on these things whenever we talk about them. But uh, no, I wish he'd ever put that on Instagram. But we're in a good position, all the same. I doubt I doubt we'll lose any sleep over it, and I doubt the managers will lose any sleep either. And I'll just bring you in. We'll lead on to the St Johnston game. Uh, you can add anything about Jack and Marcus if you want, and I'll start off by asking you: Well, would you play him on Saturday? And what's your thoughts on Saturday in general? Uh, similar to what Tony said to us in terms of if no for that post, I mean, I would, I would have started him um, on Saturday, but I think he's probably sort of scuppered any chance of that happening. Um, I mean, granted, that's without no. No one are claiming any wetting that's going on in the background. I, I, I don't know. Um, there could there could be any any number of reasons which would rule that out. But prior to that, I was probably fancying his chances to get a start. Um, it's just fucking nonsense, and it? it's I've seen that a few years earlier. It's probably the first time we've seen something like this under the manager. So interesting to see saw what happens in the next couple of days and how it unravels. Um, there's obviously been a lot of talk about. Uh, Another player, another striker coming in. I know the boy for South Korea, Cho, that played up front, played the World Cup, has been heavily linked. Um, a few journalists have been out talking about him. I don't know if maybe that's the part to play. I, I, I really don't know. Um, but it has just been a breakdown in talks, which has caused it and sort of maybe filter through him coming on. But again, I think it was strange. I think he, what did he have? Like, eight minutes or something that he came on for. And again, Aberdeen, I think he came on, only came on for maybe 15. Um, and it's a sort of maybe talking shite there, but I feel like it wasn't long he was on for that against Aberdeen either. Because um, I initially thought he would have come on with the, the wee chunk of subs just before him, Hacks of Anderson and Tumble. I thought run about then, because um, Kyogo had just been booked as well. Um, I thought it was then he was going to come on, but obviously that, that waited out to the end of the game. So I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, stu- it's stupid. He's probably been ill-advised. Um, could be a just a fucking pricky an agent you don't really know um, I guess we'll find out more in the coming days but as I said it before like, I think in terms of the strikers I like the both of them I think they both offer something different um, I'd say to you before getting into the game against Rangers at Ibrox that if both are sort of fit and, um, I, I'd have been looking to start Jackie Marcus before before all this um, I think he would be a better option to play going there but I think he's again he's, he's scuppered any chance of that. I don't know what's happening, but in terms of both of the strikers, I do think that they can both be improved on. Um, I think even in form, sort of chances are often missed, and there has better options, and I've no doubt that we can find them. Um, as good as I think they both are, I must say that they, they score a lot of goals. They won as the league last year. Um, 
probably unlucky for both of them not to have a goal in the Champions League this year. But um, I, I do think that, and I think the managers made the point, nobody in the teams probably outside of Callum McGregor's sort of can be rolled out of being sold at any point. And I don't, again, with the Juranovic one, just to touch on that as well, I don't think that's something to then hod against them. Um, as a player, they come here with the understanding that will come for the club that it's a stepping stone. Um, I think we've been here long enough. People just seem to take the huff when any player gets a chance to move on. And um, as has been mentioned, guys that like Jackie Marcus and Juranovic's ages will get one more big move in them and it'll make the club money and we'll go out. And like you say, if you go out and if we went out and sold Jackie Marcus and brought in the boy for South Korea, I, I, I'd be happy with it. And I would trust in the manager that he thinks the club's improving by doing that. Um, so I wouldn't suddenly turn around and start calling him for everything. Um, the post-immature, I think he's been ill-advised, but it's one of these things. Um, and I, just to correct Jack Mack, he's still got one in the Champions League. Um, but on the game itself, uh, coming into you, want a prediction or no, Dan? Or just thoughts getting into it? I go for it. Well, rambling on a bit, so I'm sure we'll... The... <laughs> Uh, I agree with Johnston game. Obviously, I think it will be um, a tough test. Of I don't think they've lost in, in the past six games. They've beat the Angels, uh, recently beat Ross County as well. So um, they'll be they'll be confident of coming in and testing us. Given that we've not scored a lot of goals, Livingston um, on another day might a might a get a, a late penalty or a late set piece and give them a chance. So they'll be looking at that and try to replicate what Livingston done um, in that game, but. I hopefully it's another one similar to the game the game previously to the two one. Hopefully it's similar to the St Johnston seven 0 game where we battered them. Um that's I think that's what we all want to see and we would all like to see is really pick up the form. But in terms of prediction Dan, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go three 0 Um I don't think it'll be as heavy scoring as the last time we played them at home, but I'm gonna go for three 0 and I think he'll go be back in the score sheet. Um, I think Jota will get a goal and Matt O'Reilly will be the scorers for the game. I definitely would take that. Uh, Danny, what are you thinking for Saturday? Obviously, Celtic will be looking to gift the fans a three points on Christmas Eve. What do you think it will be a straightforward encounter? Yes, I think it will be. I think we'll get another three points. And the answer to your earlier question, Andy, I would play Jackie Max, but it's purely because, as I said, he's letting down a very good goal scorer treble that I've got on. But um, I think it'll be comfortable. St Johnston are not a bad team. Um, be a few teams recently, um, but I would expect us to be to be right up for it. Christmas Eve, Parkhead will be. It'll be a good crowd. Um, like last night, I think a lot of folk have missed getting to the football, so they'll be looking forward to the game. Um, and it, I think it will be three points. And I expect whoever starts up front for Celtic, I expect them to score two. Uh, Matt O'Reilly will get his first goal this season as well. I think it'll be 4 0, and my Christmas will be complete when Greg Taylor scores the fourth. Again, would be very welcome, but uh, I think it'll be I, th- I think it'll be 2 0 Celtic. I think it'll be pretty similar to last night. I don't think St Johnson are the worst team in the league. Uh, I think he will start. I don't even think Jack Marcus will be in the squad. There you go, and I think. Dyson Maida will come off the bench to get the second goal and it'll be 2 0 Celtic as they maintain or extend the lead at the top of the table. Uh, Tony, what's your prediction? Uh, I'll go same as you, 2 0 Celtic, and I'll go for a Ordiho Hatati double based in Nutton. Just sometimes I, I like to go for a 
with that one. So I reckon Hitati 2 0, and we'll maintain our nine point lead at the top of the table. But if we can go further ahead, that would be most welcome. But as long as we win, I think it'll be a, a good Christmas for all. Yep, and on that note, we will just wrap up there and wish you all a very happy Christmas and hope you enjoy it wherever you are. Thanks again for listening to us all this year and as the year draws to a close. Uh, we will be back. I don't know, we'll see how the festive period goes. Some of these boys go a bit AWOL at Christmas time. I'm not talking about Andy, but if you want to take that assumption, you can. Uh, so we w- we'll be back at some point next week. If not, before Easter Road, we'll be... All four years will be at Easter Road next week, actually. So maybe they, inspired by Juddy talks, we'll get we'll get a wee vlog on the go. It's a joke. We we don't worry. We won't do that. We are. But aye, we will speak to you next week at some point. Happy Christmas and God bless you. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.